Hello and welcome everyone on The Barricades. This is your most exciting weekly political show delivered to you by Eastern European lefties. And we analyze Eastern European affairs here as well as global affairs and issues from a classical leftist perspective, not such a, such a frequent occurrence anymore. And today we focus on Poland. Polish doctors are enraged at the country's right-wing conservative government. They claim they are underpaid and work in deplorable conditions and that they are not recognized for their efforts and sacrifices during the ongoing pandemic. They massively quit their jobs about uh, 10 days, maybe two weeks ago. And this was possible mostly because they had previously been forced to go, to, uh, to go self-employed. So there is uh, no a specific legal bond between them and the hospitals. And if they don't want to work, they, they're simply not going to be eligible to issue a new invoice. And apparently many thought it's simply not worth it, or at least not worth it anymore. Uh, this, of course, produced a, a severe shortage of paramedics and, and it had an immediate impact. However, the government, the government is not uh, is not giving up, obviously, and does not appear to be taking it seriously. So what exactly is going on and where is the left in all of this? My favorite question always. Małgorzata Kulbaczewska-Figat, a Polish leftist journalist and scholar, will be my guest today to discuss this topic. Don't go anywhere. We'll be with you in a flash. Okay, welcome once again, everyone on the barricades. And welcome, Małgorzata. You are our Polish expert and the friend of the show. It's cl so glad to have you on again. Thank you very much for invitation. Thank you. Hello, Boyan. Right, so let's dive straight in. Look, uh, it's obviously an important thing. Uh, provided the global situation, you know, the... Uh, the pandemic and 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 all of it, uh, it it's it, it seems like those people who are uh, you know on the front line, uh, as we got accustomed to this uh, expression, they should be really taken care of, or they should at least be given credit for their work, and so on and so forth. Uh, but uh, you know, the Polish government is if it if it's known for anything then it's known for actually not being able to set out any uh, uh priorities uh correctly and and uh not to be able to deal with anything major requiring strategic thinking such as for example the healthcare uh situation in poland and of course not only in poland but then uh you know we have a reaction and this reaction seems to, to be a rational one from wherever you look at it. But on the other hand, there's this question that I have. 
is this really a major issue? I mean, it is a major issue, obviously, from the like morally speaking and 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 uh, probably politically speaking as well. But uh, you know, this white town, the kind of tent city that they organized uh, in the vicinity of the of the headquarters of the Polish government. You know, I, I have very clear memories from 2007, I believe you too, uh, when we had this original white town. Uh, and it was very beneficial for many actors, uh, but not so much for the medics who were in the center of, of the whole thing. I mean, nothing really has changed since then or, or not much. Uh, in terms of uh, how they are treated, how much they are paid, and and, and their working conditions, and the self-employment thing, and all the rest of it, and, and I can see a lot of excitement, as usual, in that in such circumstances on the left, and and particularly among the uh, you know the, the, the people the, the commentariat in the internet, but I just don't quite see how this uh, is going to to uh, translate into anything substantial, into, into some kind of class political action. What are your expectations from, uh, from this initiative, from those demonstrations? Well, uh, first of all, I must say that one substantial thing actually happened. That is, uh, there is one substantial difference between the first white town and the second one, which is, and yes, the name white town was chosen deliberately to make to uh, make people remember that there was already one white town and that the fight for peace and healthcare system is going on for over a decade. The thing I am talking about is the unity of uh, medical workers that was unseen in previous years because we in Poland we are used to protesting doctors, nurses, paramedics, uh, laboratory yeah. diagnostics uh, people, you know, every, every group is uh, fighting for its own working condition and uh, does not look at others, does not coordinate their actions with others and this time we are having a show of a solidarity of all the medical workers and this is perhaps the most substantial difference between what we saw during the previous years and what we see now. However, this is perhaps the only thing, the only new thing, uh, because uh, I am afraid that nothing would come out of the White Town as the government is determined not to talk to medical workers, even though they are more determined, even though they are more, so they are more united than ever, and even though they give precise statistical data why this is the last moment to take care of Polish healthcare public system before it collapses. Well, the protesting people have already declared that they are not going to talk to anybody apart from the Prime Minister, that they are not going to hold any other pointless negotiations with an uh, official of Health Ministry who has really no competence, no power to satisfy their demands. Uh, however, the Prime Minister uh, said that he was not going to meet them because the initial aid demands are, uh, well, he said, was a, it was a blackmail, that they were grossly oversized, and that the medics, before they get into the negotiation table, must get more realist. It was okay. Uh, yeah. Far. So uh, let's let's uh, perhaps uh, describe the context for our uh, viewers, uh, because when you hear 
you know, medical personnel uh, protesting and then the government replying that they are not being realistic and that they will not be getting the money that they demand, well, that produces a kind of uh, outrage, okay? Because what do you mean? I mean, how... What are the demands? Okay, what are uh, what are the conditions that those people are uh, have to endure in their work and and are facing in their everyday struggle for other people's lives? Uh, how much do they make? How much do they want to make? Let's let's try and put uh, everyone here in picture. Can you could you please do that for us? Okay, so there are eight basic demands of the protesters. Uh, first of all, they want uh, the government to spend 8% of the gross domestic product uh, of, uh, on uh, public health care. So, secondly, they want, uh, they want salaries of all the medical workers to uh, rise to the level, uh, to the average level in European Union compared to average pay in uh, every single uh, state of the European Union. Also, they demand uh, they demand that more people get employed as medical workers, that there is no more self-employment of paramedics, and uh, that the government uh, does everything it can so that young people do not emigrate. Because it is not true that people in Poland are not uh, getting educated, getting trained to become a paramedic or a nurse. No, they are but they want to emigrate from the very beginning. They do not plan their career in Poland. Well, uh, right now, uh, they, they also demand uh, that medical workers are given a status of state official, which also gives certain benefits and uh, also brings more respect to this, uh, to this group of workers. Uh, so uh, what, uh, what is the current situation uh, of, in terms of payment salaries of these people. Yeah, exactly. How much do they yes. make now vis-a-vis -vis how much they want to be making? Mean, okay, so uh, perhaps the two groups that are most determined to get uh, to earn more, to earn, to finally start uh, earning a decent salary are the paramedics and the nurses. Because uh, right now, uh, some 35% of nurses, those are the results of an intra-group intra survey that was uh, performed this year by the uh, All Poland Nurse Trade Union. Uh, so about one-third of nurses earns less than 3,000 zloty. That's about um, 800 euros, something like that, right? Yes. Some, yeah. uh, about 42% earns 4,000 and there are also nurses that earn less than 2,500 zlotys. Uh, okay, so let me just break so, it down in, 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 in just, euros, just okay? One, one, one yeah. important detail is that uh, this, uh, those people are overworked, so the payment they finally reach is, is even, even those who earn more get this higher salary at the cost of paying from 50 even to 200 extra hours per month. Okay, so that speaks that that, that speaks uh, to the question of self-employment and the regulation, the lack of regulation of uh, of employment, obviously, because uh, we get people earning about 1,000 euros, a little less than 1,000 euros, really, because that's what 4,000 zloty amounts to, which is the very maximum, apparently, in, in, in those groups, I mean, nurses and paramedics, and it's only at the cost of them 
over i mean over exploiting themselves right like it's over exactly. work you know working exactly. in, in multiple uh, facilities and so on and so forth and this is where you can get barely uh you know i mean 1000 euros which is less than minimum wage in germany or france or whatever other uh you know western european country right so and this imagine is it will yeah. be almost the minimal pay in poland too because the minimal salary is gonna rise to 3100 zlotys uh, from the beginning of next year so you see the medical workers are gonna be the very bottom of yeah. the of the all the possible salary tables so they're going to be basically earning uh the minimum wage soon like as almost yes. right yeah okay so this is the this is the situation it's very severe and now we have the paramedics and we have the nurses and we have other uh medical personnel and they want they're clearly saying we don't want to be at the uh, at the bottom of the ladder of the economic ladder of society or the social ladder or whatever uh we need a pay rise and it's obvious because you know the pandemic you know, the sacrifice of the deaths of the medical personnel and so on and so forth. And the government uh, is, is what? I mean, they're, they're, they're just telling them, no, no, guys, like you're not getting anything because you're not being realistic. Is that the situation really? Well, in fact, the government is lying to the public opinion that it has been significantly spending more and more money over, over the last years and that the spending is going to grow again in the following years. In fact, yes, there were some pay rises, but I would rather call them symbolic or even, you know, no, just dropping some pennies to those poor, these poor medical workers. Those were not significant changes that would persuade anybody to stay in Poland and plan their career as a nurse or paramedic. So uh, well, the government is saying that we are very good to you. We are already giving you more money. What you say is an absurd. And this way, the government is doing two things at once. It is first, it is telling the workers that there will be no negotiations with them on their terms, and it is also giving the rest of the society an impression that those ungrateful people were already granted some privileges, but they can't uh, really accept. But they can't accept that, and they want I don't know what money that government doesn't have. Yeah, but but what is the government counting on? I'm wondering. Uh... You know, it's difficult for me to speculate, really, because I just came back from vacation uh, a few days ago, and, and it's very difficult to wrap my head around everything that's going on in Poland that's been going on for the last couple of weeks. We had a very hot summer here. But uh, what is the government uh, expecting? I mean, what, what do they count on? That it's going to die out, that all those paramedics, they're going to go back to work, or that the military is going to uh, somehow be activated and is going to step in and, 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 and kind of do the job of those paramedics? We had examples of that. Perhaps you want to you know, refer to that when a, a helicopter was sent to a car crash in the middle of Warsaw in one of the central squares because there was there and there were no people to, to, to drive an ambulance, you know? And, and yeah, please go ahead ahead and tell me what are the expectations of the government vis-a-vis -vis what is the reality on the ground because obviously the shortage of paramedics is a, is a very uh you know difficult thing to handle and and whatever the government might be thinking it's 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 definitely a you know a major issue for them well if had the government engaged the paramilitary forces uh it created it had created uh to work as paramedics i would be actually very happy because that would have been the best possible employment of those guys but sadly this i think this idea has not came to anybody's mind in the government well what are they counting on they are they 
first of all, they believe that uh, nurses, paramedics, and doctors, and everybody else will not be as determined to stage a real strike, not a white town, not a demonstration, but a real strike when, for example, only the most severe cases are handled or when hospitals are closed or something like this. They simply believe that these people are still going to cope with their difficult working conditions because they have the responsibility, because they gave the, the medics oath to save people's life. And so they are going just to accept that their earnings are good for nothing. And the second thing is that the government believes that it would be able to make the public opinion turn against nurses and doctors. The government is well aware of the fact that people are uh, people in Poland are dissatisfied with the state of public health care. They have good reasons to be dissatisfied because Absolutely. if the public health care is so underfunded as it is in Poland, then there must be, you know, all the terrible cases like people waiting for uh, many hours to be accepted to hospital or even people dying in waiting rooms. And so the government hopes that it will be able to persuade the society that they should not support the health workers. Right, right. And I can well, of course the result will be that will be exactly as the nurses uh, as the nurses say that in 10 years time or even less we will have a, such a severe shortage of medical personnel that Accepting immigrants will be the, the only solution. Only they want to come. Right, right. But the government is not thinking about that at this moment. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure what they're thinking. And thanks for pointing it out because this is the modus operandi of the Polish government. Is like if we have a problem, let's just uh, uh, let's just ignite the society. Let's just you know make every let's trigger everyone by saying something super outrageous or by slandering people via the uh, you know the pro-government media, which is you know the state-owned media and and the entire media syndicate around the government. And and I'm sure they would be doing that because they are. This, this is the only thing they're good at. I mean, that's that's they're. I would say, uh, you know, this is the only thing that really works when they do it. I mean, they, they, they're able to make all kinds of slandering campaigns against whatever group. It could be professional group, social group, whatever they, uh, they don't like, or they, they just find uh, suitable for the, you know, cir circumstances. So I, I think they might do that, but still it doesn't solve the problem because, okay, well, let's say the society will be against them, or, I don't know, a large part of the public opinion will be against them. Well, what of it in the final aftermath? I'm just wondering, like, what, what, what the society is going to be against them, but then the shortage is going to appear, or the shortage is going to continue, or it's going to deepen. And, and uh, how are they going to to deal with this? Because if all those things uh, that are being explained to the public opinion now that the fourth wave is coming, or it's 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 it, maybe it's already here and it's going to get more severe during the fall, you know, the coming months, then what are they going to do then? Like, okay, they're going to offend them, they're going to slander them, they're going to, you know, uh, do all those things, but they will still have to solve the problem somehow. Or maybe they, they count on something else that perhaps uh, they're going to be able to, I don't know, do what? Well, I think they are first of all counting on the fact that nobody in Poland, or oh, well, hardly, hardly nobody in Poland has any illusions about the quality of public services in Poland. Well, people got so used to the fact that the transport uh, services are bad, that uh, the health uh, healthcare is underfunded, education is also underfunded. But people in Poland 
after the neoliberal transformations got to thinking that everybody must take care of himself or herself on one's own and that it is really stupid to think that the state owes you something or that mm. the state must ensure some basic services to you. So if uh, public health care collapses during the fourth wave of the pandemics or somewhere later when the lack of nurses will appear, will, be, will become so severe. So well, people will not connect that to the government politics. People will just, people will very, I'm very sad to say that, but I can imagine that people can be very easily uh, persuaded that this all happened because we did not privatize hospitals, because we should have, we should have allowed the free market to work and not count on the state. And I, I am convinced that something like this would be possible because a few days ago, uh, one of uh, Polish, uh, well, sociological groups uh, uh, asked people, um, conducted a survey when people were asked two questions. First of all, do they support the medical workers? And secondly, are they ready to pay uh, higher taxes, uh, higher taxes, slightly higher taxes, so that the extra goes to the public healthcare system. And while the majority was eager to support the medics, also the majority was not eager to pay yeah. anything get the right, state we're, services right we're going to we're going to talk about it in, in in a short while because we do we do live in a schizophrenic uh environment uh or soci sociologically speaking at least because uh a majority of the people they want to have low taxes and great service from the state this is like how how unfortunately it works but i think what you pointed out here is very important that people have reacted to those uh, 30 years uh or 20 plus years of neoliberal reforms uh, not by you know organizing themselves, not by uh, uh, resisting to those reforms, but by decreasing their expectations of life. And this is probably what the government is counting on, right? That this decrease, okay, that occurred uh, already some time ago, it's going to be able to absorb that. Okay, there's going to be there's going to be less paramedics, there's going to be less nurses. The quality of the uh, of the healthcare system is going to be uh, you know, deteriorating, right? But still people are prepared to endure that because they don't really expect much anyway. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Okay. This is what I'm saying. This works also with education. This works with transport. People are like said that they should you know, get rich to be able to uh, use private healthcare system. Yeah, and but you see, this is but but even private healthcare system or whatever. Here, the pandemic. I mean, it obviously shown uh, has shown us that uh, you know it, it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor, you can still get that uh, terrible disease, and you can uh, you might as you know <laughs> you may get either severely ill or just die. You know, so uh, I, I suppose that perhaps in this particular respect, uh, the private healthcare system here. Logically speaking, it should be viewed as something which is not as capable as the state-owned system. But of course, we don't know how it's how it's all uh, you know uh, moving in the in the collective mindset of of the Polish uh, public opinion. But before we go to that, because I, I definitely do want to uh, hear your comments about the Polish public opinion's reaction to all those things. But before this, I want to you know I want to go back uh, to the original question whether this is serious because there are a few things which I I'm afraid aren't serious about the whole thing like first of all the atmosphere of the protest 
you know, it seems to be pretty festive. I mean, it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't have the appeal of the angry working class protest, like, you know, uh, there, there are those organizations there, the leaders of that protest, maybe, I don't know, who explain to the media how this stand is for workshops, uh, this stand is for press conferences, this stand is for whatever, and there is a tent maybe for, uh, for all kinds of activities. But I just, you know, I, I can't quite see, and, and it was the same, by the way, in 2007. And, you know, some people live with the mythology done in 2007, which was the uh, last year of the first uh, term of law and justice's government, okay, which is the currently ruling party in Poland as well. And people live with the myth that, uh, well, the white town, tent city at the time, and the protest of the medics at the time, it kind of toppled the government. That's not true. It didn't topple the government. It helped toppling the government, but it, was, it wasn't really the, the major factor. And, uh, you know, the people that were most active, or the organizations and people that were most active at the time were uh, all kinds of lefty circles, NGOs, who were doing all kinds of activities at the expense, basically, of, of that protest. I mean, there were many people, of course, genuinely supporting it that were there. But when I come to think uh, about organizations like Krytyka Polityczna, which is like a liberal lefty Polish uh, outlet, uh, you know, they... They were doing things for themselves there, not, not for the medics, not so much for the medics at least. And I'm just wondering whether this time it's different or whether you think it's different, whether you have different observations. Plus, what about the labor movement? Where are the trade unions? Because, you know, when I look, and I did that right before we went online. Uh, when you look at the websites of the biggest Polish Union confederations, there's nothing there. They don't even mention that protest. So I, I, I just can't but wonder, what the hell? I mean, is there anybody really thinking, uh, taking it seriously? Because, okay, the government isn't. Uh, the, the medics probably are. Hello? Oh, we've lost Malgorzata for a short while. Uh, anyway, so the question I was, uh, the question I was okay, asking, okay, 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 oh, back. <laughs> I'm back, back. here, so, uh, thanks, thanks, uh, right, so I was, so, I, I was gonna, you know, the, the bottom line of the, the question is whether, uh, uh, w whether it's serious and whether the labor movement is, is taking it seriously or whether it's something totally on the fringes, some of the, of the entire political life and it's, it might die out at, at, at one point, this is what I'm concerned about. Okay, so uh, I'll come back first to, uh, to your observation about how this the whole white town organized uh, about uh, one tent for activities, another one for press conference, etc. I think this can be very easily explained for we uh, over the transformation time and the following decades. Uh, well, protest protesting workers were smart and uh, well vilified by all the media, both state and so-called free private corporate media. So it is natural to for protesting people now to try to look for some form of protest that could be portrayed positively in the media and gain them public support. It is an absolutely natural reaction that they are not uh, going to stage a violent demonstration or a, you know, a militant demonstration, but rather to they try to search for a consensus, search for acceptation, something like this. And I understand this while, of course, as a leftist commentator and thinker, I, I must immediately say that this is not the way it would work. Uh, and this is, and no matter how the workers could try to get some 
you know, positive uh, positive feedback from the corporate media, they would be smart anyway, or left or left unnoticed. Yeah, the okay, but the media is one yes. thing. But what about the labor movement? I mean, what about and, uh, yes, you know the yes. labor considerations? Why aren't they there? And, or maybe uh, they are, but to what extent? Well, why the labor movements are not there? I can. I am not sure why did why did they not come? As I told you, the uh, the whole white town is a joint action of different medical workers and different medical trade unions who are engaged in the whole thing. Uh, the the protest committee was uh, set uh, up. Uh, by uh, people who are also active in nurses' trade union, in the paramedics' trade union. So, well, we see a joint action of the medical community, but indeed the other trade unions did not did not show enough interest for the whole initiative. And here I must say, uh, I could say this is also our atomization, the alienation and the fact that every profession is making its own fight on its own. And that we really, uh, even the, and this protest is not able to make the whole working class unified or even the whole, I don't know, trade union activists as an unified group. Yeah, I think that's true, but it's also a problem. That there's also a problem with the European. Uh, sorry, with the well, there is a problem with the European Union, but that's not what I wanted to say. Uh, there's a problem with labor unions here, because uh, I have the feeling, the increasing feeling that they are waiting. They are always waiting to be invited somewhere. I mean, they they don't go somewhere by themselves, but they wait for someone to reach out and ask for help, or I don't know, ask for solidarity or something like that, and then you know they they gather. On, on whatever level they scratch their heads and, and, and come and start thinking whether they can support it or they or they should support it or whatever. And 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 this is a major misunderstanding on their part because if they want to grow and if they want to oh even if they want to sustain the you know levels that of, of membership that they have now, they have to actively intervene. And this is something that they, they're not doing and they haven't been doing for a long time, even before, uh, you know, before the global uh, health crisis occurred. But uh, anyway, they're not there. We'll see what happens. And the fact is that those uh, organizations that are organized, that are at the uh, front of this protest, they do not belong to those big union confederations. Maybe that all also has to has to do with it. But then, okay, the labor movement is absent. What about the left? My favorite question always. Uh, where is the left in uh, in the entire picture? Uh, what kind of left do you mean? You mean the left in the parliament, so our self-proclaimed social democrats, or do you want the left in general, so everybody who identifies as a left-wing person? And, yeah, right. Uh, right, now we have such a freedom of identity, self-identification that you know, <laughs> it wait. So yeah, well no. Tell me, tell me about the the official left, about the official okay. left that is uh, represented in the that it that has a parliamentary representation, and tell me about uh, perhaps yeah, you know non non uh, the kind of the non organized left, the kind of leftist figures or or uh, informal groups if they. Okay. If, Okay, so uh, the informal groups and the smaller parties that uh, identify as radical left did support the medic during their first day of the protest, so the mass demonstration that inaugurated the White Town, and they also posted in social media words of support, and uh, basically that's it. No, those are small groups and they are used to this kind of activism activism so they basically did what they what they think was the best thing to do 
and uh, how much is uh, what is the parliamentary left is doing is much more puzzling because the parliamentary left which had uh, gone through a co internal conflict over last month in fact uh, did not react as strongly as one could think because uh, only a few days ago a free representative of the Razems or Together Party, so the most well, radical uh, wing of the parliamentary club, did go to the White Town. They answered questions of uh, the protesters. They also endorsed the protest and they outlined their vision for a healthcare, for a better public healthcare in a welfare state that they want to build in Poland. Uh, and basically, that was it. So out of 47 parliament uh, left-wing MPs that we have now, I get a free actually went to the White Town at least to express support in words. And they also spoke about the protest in the parliament. The rest of the club is busy with something else. Okay, so let me uh, let me make sure I understand it correctly. We've got a relatively small but still meaningful, I would say, parliamentary representation of the left. Uh, it's it's about how many did you say uh, MPs? Fourteen. Forty-seven. Uh, Forty-seven. Right sorry, forty-seven. So the, we've got forty-seven MPs, left uh, leftist MPs, in in the in the Polish Parliament, and they were not. Uh, present during the demonstration, with a very small exception of maybe two or three of them, right? With, yes. I mean, we're, I'm talking about the demonstration last Saturday. Uh, none of them really went to the white town to speak to those doctors and nurses and you know lab workers, whatever. Free, except for yeah, except for the three yes. that probably participated in the demonstration. I mean, probably it's the same three yes. people. Okay, and they supported them as you said in words. And that was it, right? Yes. yes. Okay. So I mean, if this is not, uh, uh, if this is not a, a kind of uh, proof, okay, for the absolute impotence of the left, then I don't really know what it is. Because if you're a political leader, and if you if you if you wish to uh, to be perceived as as a left and and representing workers, particularly those who are in trouble, uh, then you want to be you want to be a leader. I mean, you want to make inspiring messages. You want to make promises. You want to help mobilizing. You want to, you know, be a, a, a kind of person that connects. Okay, if there are, for example, we spoke about that a minute ago. No, no other unions. Then you might want to, you know, use your authority as a politician, as a leftist leader, to go and reach out to others. But nothing of that has happened, right? Okay, to be honest, uh, the, uh, some ideas for a healthcare reform are in the left are in the left program. So the parliamentary social democrats theoretically do stand for many of the things that are now also the demands of the protesters. And to be honest, yes, they are consequent in that because different points appeared and reappeared in their program over uh, the time that passed from the last parliamentary elections in 2019. But the healthcare was indeed there for all the times. However, the impact of the fact that they are they have something in the program, even that they sometimes talk about that on the media, is minimal. Because the left is not doing anything spectacular enough to catch the attention apart from those who are already interested in their activities. And uh, also during this protest, uh, what they did was to come, talk to the protesters and to leave. They even 
even did not have an idea, for example, to stay in the town, in the white town, or to uh, or to um, to say more openly that they uh, they want to be the leaders of their fight, of that they want to help them organize trade unions in the med in the public health or whatever. So yeah, and this I think is, it's a terrible by mistake. By the way, this, is, think, this yeah. is yet another situation where a protest takes place because we saw the same thing during the women's protest at the beginning of the year uh, and last year. Left basically went to the protest to say that we are with you and we support you. But yeah. then they did like nothing to influence the direction in which the protest finally went. There's other questions to what extent it was possible to influence this that movement. But the left again did not take an active stance. They basically came here and said, "We are with you." And that's it. yeah, 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 I know. And I think it's a huge mistake for you know so many reasons. But uh, it, it's also you know. It's it's playing itself out. I mean, this impotent attitude. Uh, I saw uh, a poll from I think I think it was from about a week ago, maybe a little uh, more than that. It wasn't anything most recent, but the left's rating in terms of uh, you know elections is plummeting through the floor. I mean, it's about four or five percent, you know, below the uh, threshold you know, line. You know, yes, the four. Let us just clarify to our foreign right. listeners that there is a huge difference between four and five in Poland because this yes. five that is the threshold. And so, yes, indeed, for the first time since 2019, the left fell before under this threshold. And sadly, I think there is a very simple explanation to that. The left was able to rise to its thirteen uh, percent in the last elections because it benefited from the effect of freshness, because it was considered something new. It is a well-known phenomenon on Polish political scene that in every elections there comes somebody who is perceived as a new, even though if those are the same people coming again under a new logo. And, and this new group gets some, percentage, some uh, support like for granted. But when you are no longer new, then someone else will take the votes. Yeah, and, okay. And, and also there's a question of what did so, they offer and what is their record? They have zero record. That's the problem. Like in the parliament, they really have zero record. They, they didn't yes. achieve anything, you know. Well, that was, well, okay, that was obvious from the very beginning that they would not gain, have a big influence on the parliament works. They yeah, but started, any... They started uh, this. Um, well, they started the term with forty-nine uh, MPs. Now they have forty-seven, and everybody knew that they are going to be in minority. And yet, the minority that can be attacked attacked from different angles, like by both the government and the biggest factions in the opposition, who are yeah, neoliberals. Yeah. You're right. Nevertheless. You're right. Yeah. Nevertheless, the very point, the very point, point was that they should have been aware of that, and they should have had a plan what to exactly. do if Parliament is the Parliament work is fruitless. However, I am very sad to say that again, but I think that they did not really learn that lesson because sometimes when journalists ask different left-wing representative, "What have you achieved in the Parliament?" or "What are what are you proud of?" What aspect of your works make you proud? They say, for example, oh, we uh, we offered a few hundred of corrections to the law projects, or that we voted against this or that law, and that was morally good. Well, okay, perhaps it was, but the laws were introduced anyway, and the corrections were well from the yeah. dustbin. Yeah, exactly, and I think. Uh... 
that's I, I totally agree with you in the sense that okay, you're in a minority or uh, whatever your unfavorable situation could be, but you're an MP, you're you're a parliamentarian, you're supposed to have some record, and and you're exactly right. You are a minority, particularly when you are a minority, you need a strategy. How are you going to do your job as a politician in order to, if not directly influence the legislation uh, that's going through the parliament, that's being passed, uh, passed through the parliament, then how are you going to score political points despite that with everything that you had done? And unfortunately, there is no strategy and there is no uh, strategic thinking on the left, mm, I would say, uh, on the Polish left, uh, at least. And and yeah, they're going to be paying their price for it. Uh, okay, last two minutes of the program. I want to I, I want to ask: uh, Is this undermining to any extent the uh, the rating or the popularity of the right wing conservative government in Poland? Because many people, particularly those watching from abroad, they would be thinking, "Oh my God, it's like the middle of a deadly pandemic, and the, the workers, the medical workers, are protesting or on strike." Uh, in a sense, on strike when they, you know, give up their jobs, uh, and and uh, that would immediately be associated with thoughts like oh my god the uh the, the rating of the of the government's going to probably fall very drastically if they don't do anything about it but it doesn't really seem to be happening or to be playing itself out that way sadly this government is going to survive this protest and I am saying this with a full responsibility. Right. Well, the government is going to survive because a good deal of the population is already against the medics. And this, uh, well, in a ser the service show that uh, even on the opposition, there is a lot of people who are actually against this action. And this is also in our neoliberal legacy, just you, know, so you can support the neoliberal opposition and at the same time, against any worker protest movements. Well, pretty logical. And um, so uh, if the protest looks like, like this, the government will simply ignore it and wait till the medics, well, get tired and go home. And right. uh, yes, uh, and... Uh, so, so what you're saying, we can't expect really the government to uh, be shaken by that in any way, and they know that, and that's why they behave in such a audacious manner. Like with the medics, they say, like you know, your 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 demands are ridiculous. You're not being realistic. We don't care anymore if you want to discuss, you know, the address, but only if you have realistic demands. And the majority of the population uh, is against them for two reasons, right? One, uh, the sort of neoliberal upbringing of the new generations uh, for uh, the last three decades, plus. The uh, propaganda that's uh, you know spitting venom basically at, uh, at those uh, protesting uh, protesting medics, uh, and we're talking about the propaganda from the side of the government, the government media, the government media syndicate, and the the, the state-owned media, and uh, then there's no support. Like socially, there's very little support and, and there's very little political support. And those organizations that could be supporting, that we would expect to, to, to support the medics, they're doing very little, like the left, which you just described, which is like, you know, it's it's theater. It's not not, not really any kind of support uh, in, in the very sense of the word. So uh, now, do you think that 
anything perhaps could be scored, like in a sense that those medics are going to get something maybe, maybe not much, but at least something, and, and some of them are going to go back to work, or they're just going to stay where they are, they're going to go home, they're not going to go back to work, they're, gonna, they're not going to resign those contracts, and they're just going to... to to you know other professions and we're we're facing a real uh shortage of caterers in crisis or or what's your anticipation here well my anticipation is that the government is not going to give them absolute zero or rather the government is not going to do absolutely nothing about the healthcare system they are going to offer some small pay rises perhaps not immediately after the protest, so that other working groups do not get the impression that going to a protest is a good idea. Perhaps in some time the government is going to say that we are, they are going to produce an impression that they are so uh, well, so um, concerned about public services and public healthcare, so that they are actually going to they are actually going to uh, give something. But this would be much too small to repair the, pol- the public healthcare system. Just, you know, let's be honest, the Polish uh, healthcare system has been destroyed by neoliberal reforms and it really needs rethinking and rebuilding from scratch. And right. this is not a task that this government is going to do. Not and even the now, left in the parliament is, not, is probably going to do with their ideas. Anyway, we ran out of time. Uh, Thanks so much. No, for, no, no, thank, just let me just say right. one thing at the All end. Right. Because, please, please go ahead. Yes, because uh, also, uh, and the fact is that we are going to face shortage of nurses and paramedics. And this is a fact. This is no longer a prediction. This is a fact because we have the experience of what happened to another group of workers that were brutally abused by the government when they tried to go on strike, and I mean the teachers. Mm. Their strike was uh, smeared, they they were ignored, they were called lazy people, etc. And you know what happened at the beginning of the school year that started right now? All the media are full of articles that there is a shortage of teachers, there is nobody to teach, and even schools in Warsaw are desperately searching for teachers in all the specializations. This is our future. And our government is is leading us to this violent future. Yes, the future is really bright with a conservative right-wing Catholic fundamentalist government. Anyway, thanks, uh, thanks, Malgojata, for joining us and for all uh, of the insightful comments. Uh, thanks to all of those watching us live, and uh, thanks to all those that are going to watch us when we're uh, not live anymore. Uh, I want to ask everyone to please consider supporting the show to the extent that you uh, feel you can afford by going to our Patreon channel, patreoncom bear Barricade. Thanks so much and see you in one week time. Thank you.